Welcome to Experience Junkies. On this show, I bring together meeting and event professionals, global travelers, jet setters, and more to relive the moments we never want to forget. More importantly, we'll attempt as best we can to transport listeners to transformational points in our lives, sharing our observations and emotions behind these stories. By diving into the indelible impact these experiences have had on us, we decode small takeaways about how to be better humans than we were yesterday. On today's show, I have a very special guest. She's really made a name for herself in the past year and a half um, in the hospitality industry. And it's none other than Jen Salerno from the Room Block Podcast. We talk about an experience she had with her husband celebrating a belated wedding anniversary. And they had a whirlwind trip in Europe. So please sit back, listen in to our chat, um, how we discuss how to behave when in Rome and outside of your home. All right, we are live. I have with me Jennifer Salerno. And um, Jennifer, I'm so excited to have you with me. Uh, Just take a second and introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thank you, Deanna. I'm so excited to be here and I'm really excited for you to start this podcast. So thank you for having me, first of all. But um, yes, I'm Jen Slierno. I am a 20-year veteran of the events and hospitality industry, um, done hotels, CBB, and uh, housing bureau work. Um, I am actually the host of my own podcast called The Room Block. It is the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. And I'm also available to host, MC or moderate your virtual or live event. Wonderful. That was a perfect little intro. I need lessons from you on my elevator pitch. Um, Jen, we actually <laughs> met through your podcast. I'm glad that you called that out. Um, that's been kind of your your pet project, your baby, kind of during COVID, post-COVID. Um, so, so tell me about that experience and kind of how you got into it and, you know, how you've been enjoying it so far. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, and this is really why I'm so excited for you, too, because it's been extremely life-enhancing. Um, I started the podcast last summer, so uh, in summer of 2020, and really it was a direct result of uh, becoming furloughed and eventually laid off from my previous industry position, and it was a way to channel my energy. Um, I was not used to not working and not having, a, you know, a purpose. <laughs> so this was a way, a perfect way for me to to take that, you know, frustration um, and sadness and grief and turn it into something very positive. And at the same time, stay connected to this beloved industry of ours. Um, it, and it totally accomplished that. Not only stay connected to my former network, but enhance and expand my network so much like like you said you know we met through um chatting about my podcast and i've met so many other wonderful people so it's been a wonderful experience yeah i i'm hoping to some of your good juju will rub off on me with this project but um i totally agree i feel like once we met we just kind of hit it off and we've just been champions for each other ever since so so glad to have you here today So, you know, this show is all about travel and events and experiences. Um, And I know, you know, 
through work, you've traveled, I know I have, uh, but what's typically your travel philosophy for pleasure? You know, what kind of vibe are you seeking when you travel? That is a good question. So we haven't taken, we're not the type to take a lot of small trips. Um, and I think that has probably just in the past been schedule related. Um, we have two young children, um, ages seven and 10. So, you know, just with school schedules and the fact that life just gets busy, um, you know, we're not the type to do a lot of like little weekends away. So uh, when we travel, we tend to plan and then do like a big trip. Um, I love it. Go every, all out. Go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very, very fortunate to have um, grandparents that live nearby us. And so uh, my husband and I have gotten a chance. You know, we, we've done some awesome trips with the kids and some trips without them, uh, which I know is it may be unique for some parents with younger children to actually have the chance to get away solo. Right. Um, but we have and it's been wonderful. Wonderful. That's pretty cool. And um, you went on an epic anniversary trip with your husband. But before we dive in, what I thought, what I kind of took away immediately when you told me about this was it was for your 12th anniversary. So why the 12 year mark? Like typically that's not a milestone. Well, exactly. And I, you know, I was going to write to you and say a belated 10 year <laughs> anniversary. The, the, the plan was to go for our 10. I don't remember why we didn't. It just something that some mm -hmm. some kind of life got in the way. Um, but so we actually finally did plan it in 2018, and so went for our 12th. So that was it. Was just a a belated 10 year. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Yeah, I loved when you mentioned earlier about having the the benefit of grandparents close by and being able to you know, maximize on that opportunity and get away just with your husband. Um, I would love to remind any listeners out there who are married and maybe you have young children to rely on your village if you can when possible, because marriage is for life and typically kids are for 18 years. So keep that in mind if you can get that time with your spouse, your significant other, your partner um, to definitely take advantage of it if you can. Um, so yeah, I want to circle back to this anniversary trip that you took. So you and your husband went to Europe uh, and you went to two different locations. So how did you two land on where you wanted to go? That's a good question. I'm trying to remember exactly how it went down. But um, we had been to Europe before. Uh, husband had been to Italy twice. We had been to Italy together. Um, I had been to Paris separately. I went with my mom, my sister, my aunt. And so Paris, first of all, was a place that I really wanted my husband to experience. So you know, he went to art school. He's very artistic. He appreciates architecture and, and you know all of that. So I thought, like, you have to see this. But it's very hard for us to travel to Europe and not go to Italy because we just love it so much. Um, and haven't, you know, haven't gone that many times, but it's just, you know, there's so many different regions within Italy. We just, it's hard to not go back and to explore more. So we decided to, you know, my, my mother very much encouraged us to you know, take like two weeks or 10 days or however long it was, like not just a week, like, please, if you're going, go, <laughs> you know, because you're not going to go like every year. And she right. was right. So um, 
so we decided to yeah just pick pick these two destinations and I think yeah we we flew between the two um we didn't take a train but yeah we mm -hmm. we were trying to debate what how we would travel between the two we flew and it was very easy to do that and um yeah so that's that's how we landed on the two so you were in Paris and then what area in Italy were you in it, it was uh a, I just love this area and I, I hesitate to tell people because it's like don't go <laughs> Keep it. you can be no, general I'm kidding. right like in this kind <laughs> no, of I'm region kidding, kidding. but not specifically so, this city <laughs> no 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 okay there, so there there's a region of Italy called the Cinque Terre and it is five uh like five fishing villages and it's on the northern coast of Italy I think they call it the Italian Riviera so it's not that far from like the French Riviera is just south a little bit and it's not you know fancy like that um so these are they're like five villages and they're like built into the cliffs um on the ocean and or some kind of sea I forget what the sea, <laughs> sea was but um I mean you can't get there's no car access really you can you can get there by a train and there are hiking trails that connect these five villages. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people end up taking day trips to them from you know, Florence or wherever nearby. And we witnessed that while we were there. We, we, we actually stayed in one of the villages called Manarola. Uh, we stayed there for five nights. So I'm so glad that we did that instead of just doing the day trip because we were fully able to immerse ourselves into that experience but it was fascinating and kind of sad to see how hordes of people would descend upon these little villages walk around do their thing and then leave i mean of course it's it's tourism and that's right cities rely on that but i don't know them when they were built in you know, the 13th century, <laughs> it was intended for thousands of people to come walk those streets at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> it's so funny yeah. you mentioned that because, you know, during the height of COVID, seeing all these very touristy locations that um, were desolate, you know, there was no one visiting them. And you could see what would happen if tourism was removed in terms of helping the infrastructure, helping the environment. And, you know, tourism is great for economies. It's great for jobs. But, you know, there's two sides of the sword, right? There's there's other things that come along with it. So I love that you mentioned yes. that kind of, you know, just because the town might like all the dollars that are influxing with these people that are coming in, is the infrastructure meant to support these, like you said, hordes of people coming in every yeah. day. Um, I find it interesting that you were kind of in Paris, this like very cosmopolitan kind of, you know, no, renowned for just being super trendy, very, you know, a large metropolitan area. And then you went to the Cinco Terre, which are these remote villages, fishing villages, sounds a little more rugged. Kind of talk right. about like the extreme of those two um, experiences kind of converging. Yes. Well, it, and it's funny when I think about it, maybe that is our actual true travel philosophy because we've kind of followed a similar pattern in the past. Like for our honeymoon, for example, uh, you know, we went to Hawaii and we started um, 
on Honolulu and then we ended up in Maui. Like, you know, so kind of go from like the more city feel and then go to like a more remote feel. Mm -hmm. And we've done that with other trips in the past too. So I think our, our philosophy there is that we're coming from Chicago. We're coming from a big city. So it's, (laughs) I think it's kind of like, how do we integrate? How do we, how do we ease into a vacation and go from Mm -hmm. big city to big city? explore that get our walking in you know and it, it, in paris it was it was five days of of just walking and eating and drinking and i mean just but so much walking and just exploring right. that's what we like to do is just like hit the ground and walk mm-hmm. and we did that and it was it was wonderful but so then after a few days you know five six days of that then it's like okay now we are now we're in full vacation mode now we can ease into the next destination that's like a little more chill, a little more calm and and go for that. But it, it did feel very different. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I like how you talked about the journey, kind of emotional of leaving home, you know, the hustle and bustle of like everyday life of work, schlepping kids to school and, and all of that bad entails, then going to another metropolitan area. So you're on vacation but you're kind of still, you know, on alert of like your day to day. And then like, mm-hmm. you kind of wore yourself out essentially to to get to the point where you could really kind of really relax and kind of decompress. So I love how you guys basically kind of planned it according to your mood and your emotions and what you guys knew you would need at the beginning of the trip versus the tail end of that. So yeah. I would love, I would love to kind of hear from you. If you could like, like close your eyes, bear with me for a second, Jen. Now you're in the hustle and bustle of Paris. You guys are eating, you're exploring, you're seeing all these things. And now you've flown to the Cinque Terre region of Italy and you open your eyes, you step out of the airport. What's your first impression? Well, I guess I have to back up and say, we flew into, trying to remember now, I think we flew into Milan. Okay. And we took a train because the okay. only, way to, only way to get there was to take a train. And it was a little stressful <laughs> because we like were like behind on the train schedule. So the actual, that whole journey was <laughs> the tra- stressful travel day. But so I'm going to say we get off this tiny regional train that actually ends up getting us into the Cinque Terre. And I was so happy that we made it before the sun was down because it so it was it was sunset but it, the sun was not totally down and so i mentioned that these are cities villages i should say villages <laughs> built into the cliffs mm-hmm. so we get off the train and we're just looking and we're like okay we need to walk with our luggage you know, up i mean every road is just like a steep steep ramp and stones and you know like they're not like roads <laughs> we have here um and if, if we're we're going to try to find our little, you know, vacation rental for the next few days, and it's like a matter of you know you have to call the guy, and he was waiting for us because we had actually arrived a little bit late, and he's like, oh, I'll meet you down with the key, you know, like a real key. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it was, it was so fantastic to finally get there because it was such a stressful travel day, and then you arrive and you're. I couldn't believe, I kept saying, and my husband's like, stop saying this. (laughs) Why would you say that? I said, I can't believe this place exists. 
Right. Because it was like out of a storybook. I mean, it's just like people live here. People live here. It, it, it was like just this little fantasy village. So um, I hope I'm describing it correctly or, or, <laughs> or giving you the answer that you're seeking. But I mean, really just for going from the hustle bustle of Paris the various train rides throughout the day, the plane ride, the train rides throughout the day, and then finally exiting and just seeing this little beautiful village where you were just like, ah, oh, we finally made it. Like, but this, but then to make it and to see the sun setting in the, it was just like, wow, like now we have arrived. This, this is now a vacation. <laughs> You've, you shared some amazing photos with me and I love the one there's like the sunset and I feel like it really encapsulates that area because you see the the rows of, of fishing boats and I imagine it just has like the smell of sea air constantly mm. um and you know I'm thinking of seagulls and just I don't know about you but anytime I go to the water um, whether it's a beach or a lake or whatever you know type of water experience it is so soothing and calming just mm. um the the hearing the water rush but also like the the sea breeze and the wind and the smells that come along with that um i read a study recently that just talked about you know all the physical uh benefits of just living near a body of water and just one of them is just it's actually stress relieving just because of the sights and sounds of living near the water so i can imagine that getting off that tiny regional train after a full day of travel um and for anyone who is you know like us americans and if you haven't traveled to europe it's just it's different because things are smaller the cities are very much more congested so it's not built for for traveling like Americans with five pieces of luggage like we're used to, you know, it's not built for that. <laughs> it's cobblestone roads and the cars are smaller as well. You know, the people are smaller. So um, it, it is, I totally understand. I actually just got back from Spain last week and it was definitely, um, I had that experience of, you know, lugging luggage through the train and yeah, it's stressful. And so for you yeah. to kind of like, go through the slog of experiencing all that. And then finally, not only to arrive to this beautiful quaint village, but in time for sunset, like that just sounds like the epitome of, of reaching the mountaintop. <laughs> yes, it was. And you know, pun, you could say pun intended, because it was, it was up there. <laughs> you were on a mountain. We were on a little mountain, but, um, and then just that, you know, Italian hospitality, it was, they were so gracious, even though we, arrived late, but, you know, just because it was like a, you know, a husband and wife, they owned you know, this little place and they're just like, you know, we'll, we'll bring you to your, your unit. And it was just like mm -hmm. this little apartment, um, you know, super cute, like weird, right? Like, you know, yeah. not like a hotel room that we're used to, but which is exactly what I wanted. You know, mm -hmm. I just wanted our, our little place and it was, it was wonderful There we had a, a little place to sit outside and every morning, you know, we would wake up by the sound of the church bells ringing. It's just like, again, like, am I really here? <laughs> Does this right. place really exist? Or am I, have I died and gone to heaven? <laughs> like, what exactly, is exactly. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about um, the people, right? I think anyone that loves traveling or attending events and experiences, a large part of that is 
you know, sharing that time and that space with other human beings, right? The human element. So tell me a little bit about like the owners of the, of the facility, the waiters and waitresses. Was there anyone during that trip that just really, you know, left a mark on you and you'll never forget them? Well, there is a really funny story that I have to share. Uh, this is out of Paris, actually. So the first part of that trip. So I sent you a photo of a waiter that was, our, I think, our last night in Paris. And he, after we were sitting outside and after, you know, a little bit of wine, as one does in Paris, look at this waiter. And I'm like, man, he looks just like Aaron Rodgers, you know, like the Packers quarterback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to ask him if he's ever heard that before. And my husband's like, oh, God, he's a Bears fan. He's like, don't even talk about the Packers. But so I say, has anyone ever told you you look like Aaron Rodgers? And he goes, Aaron Roger? <laughs> Aaron Roger? Oh, we, oui, we. Oui. Oh, nice. <laughs> and 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 um, I we would just we just laugh about it like forever because mm -hmm. just the way he said Aaron Roger. <laughs> I mean, it was just like a silly thing, but um, and I have to say the it was fascinating to experience hospitality. Well, in Europe in general, I mm -hmm. will give the nod to Paris though. Oh, like the my husband was. I, I, I hate to say this, but I just have to say it because he kind of had, I t mentioned he had never been to Paris and he kind mm -hmm. of had that preconceived notion. He said, are French people going to be rude? You know, that's what mm -hmm. I've always heard. I'm like, I know they're not, but you know, so we go and like the first night we're there in the waitstaff and it was like within like two seconds, my husband was disarmed because they're lovely so yeah. gracious i mean it mm -hmm. is a profession you yes. know to serve out there and they take it very seriously and so generous and and like i said just gracious and welcoming so um everybody was like that mm -hmm. honestly even more so in paris than um our the region that we were in in italy people were very gracious and wonderful i felt like they were a little weary and I and I did I do want to mention that again just because of the how I was struck by the onslaught mm -hmm. of tourists that would come in during the day, um, but in general everybody was just very gracious. But, mm -hmm. but yes, that our our innkeeper, you know, just so so sweet, so wonderful. You know, we're all trying to understand each other. I mean, they could speak English, but you know, it's like not super easy. Right. Accents are very strong, and mm -hmm. um, you know, but they're just just so helpful, so welcoming. You know, here's different restaurants. Go to this place. Tell them I sent you. You know, all that kind of thing. Wonderful. So, I, what I love about Europeans, um, because so many of them are bilingual, trilingual, even um, a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, my English is so bad," and I'll tell them, "Your English is way better than my Spanish or my French or my Italian." You know, their right. their you know uh, standards are a lot higher in terms of. Uh, language acquisition than I would say yes. um, definitely in North America, at least for, um, you know, the United States. And I know Canadians, a lot of them speak French and English, but um, mm -hmm. that's what I really respect about a lot of Europeans is them speaking two, three, four languages and having a good enough concept that they can speak it and have conversation. There might be some grammar or some minor issues, but the fact that you can comprehend that much and and share that with someone else i just i'm in awe every time because it's just 
it's amazing to me. So that's always Agreed. sometimes if I go out of the country, sometimes that's my favorite aspect of traveling is if I can share a moment with someone in their native language. And like, I feel like it's just the most essential part of human interaction, just communicating in a, on a very real level. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I totally understand what you mean in terms of, you know, <laughs> using Google Translate as much as you can, or, but trying to yes. also kind of speak, you know, whatever Italian or French that you can and, and share that with the, pe the local people. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. I love how you mentioned, or I don't know if I love how you mentioned, but I appreciate <laughs> that you mentioned maybe some weariness of those who are around you. Um, what what were the um, other tourists like? Did you kind of sense that they came from certain areas or was it really an international crowd or what What kind of sense did you get in terms of the tourist impact on the local people and, you know, their interpretation of that and how they received it? Well, what's always so interesting about traveling to Europe is that, you know, when you meet other tourists, you're meeting them from all over the world. You know, it's not just mm -hmm. you're not just meeting Italians in Italy, you're meeting Australians and you're meeting Germans or you whatever. So that was really interesting. And so we did we strangely enough we did end up meeting um a lot of Americans more so in when we were in Manarola in in the Cinque Terre area. But we we tend to not do a lot of organized activities when we're on vacation. You know, like I mentioned we just tend to walk a lot, but I'm glad that we did take a chance in Manarola to take a, a boat tour. And so it was a small, um, just because it I mean, like the sea was just exquisite. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, we got to get out there. <laughs> we need to get on that water. So we did take the chance to book this little boat tour. And there was maybe like five couples on the boat. So it wasn't huge. Mm -hmm. And then our, you know, the, the captain <laughs> and his name was Daniele. And he was a riot. I mean, so good, like just doing his doing his boat tour thing and told tell great stories. But you know, she had this you know, funny Italian way about him. Um, yeah, you know, just very engaging, very good storyteller. But I did mm. have a chance to ask him as we were coming back um, from wherever we were out visiting. I said, "You, know, how do you all feel?" about the tourism here. I was really curious. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, of course, we're so blessed, you know, to have such a beautiful place to live. And, you know, he had, he had left to go elsewhere. And then he ended up coming back to, to mm -hmm. work with his brother and they both own these, you know, these boat tours. Yeah. But he said, you know, he mentioned, he said, it is hard on the locals. Um, in particular, like I mentioned, you know, the day trippers that come in in the massive tours, because, Yes, they're coming in, but they're not necessarily utilizing or experiencing the restaurants in that city. They're walking around, but they're not staying in the hotels. They're not eating in the restaurants. They're just, they're there to like sightsee it and then leave. Mm -hmm. So in a way, they're not even always t contributing to the economy of of the area. Mm. And he told us a story of uh, a local family who came outside and there were a whole bunch of people just like eating, um, you know, they had like packed sandwiches or something from somewhere else. Um, and they were just eating on someone's front lawn, oh, you know, man. like, and just like, can you imagine if that were you and you have this, you know, this place, your family home, and then you just have tourists like eating in your front yard. 
Mm-hmm. So that that hurt me a bit just because right. I was able to witness firsthand what it was like to be in that village waking up in the morning and having it be empty and so peaceful. In the middle of the day, it was like you had to get out of there almost. That's when we right. took our chance to go hike up in the hills. We're like, we just, it's like crazy. But then to come back in the evening and then have it be just peaceful and quiet again. So it was mm-hmm. an interesting thing to experience. Yeah, I think it's so important that when we do travel outside of our native area, our home, that we're conscious of how we're affecting those around us. That, you know, if you're just traveling for an Instagram shot, if you're just traveling to to see things, but you're not actually exchanging with the people, um, I think it's really irresponsible. Um, you know, not just from like, you know, like you said, the, the infrastructure standpoint, but also just kind of rude. You know, you're in their home, you're in the place where they reside. So if you can't find a way to connect and share with the people, because what I find too, a lot of times when I travel is they want to ask me questions about where we're from too. You know, they may not know someone, they might know people from America, but they may have never met someone from Ohio. So they want to ask, you know, what's the weather like in Ohio? And, you know, what are the people like? And so it's not just about us going and gleaning from the locals and taking from them, but also sharing our little piece of the world with them and leaving that behind too. So um, yes. I, I love the interchange of travel when it is it's truly an exchange of, you know, people to people. That's kind of the best Mm -hmm. part of it to be. Yes. I appreciate you mentioning, you know, their take on, on how they're affected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to put it, uh, put a negative spin on it, but it is just like awareness maybe. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, just a couple more questions. I'm, I'm really loving this conversation, Jen, but I see a lot of outdoorsy types of photos. So I'm assuming when you guys were in the Cinco Terre region that you were doing a lot of hiking and, and, and kind of what was that experience like for you too? (laughs) Okay. So yes, we did. Um, the, so this was October, October timeframe. And it was interesting because Paris was, I don't know, maybe like in the 60s at the time, 50s, 60s. It was about, it was it was 70s mm-hmm. there. So I was happy about that because it was great weather for hiking. But, okay, these hikes, <laughs> like I'm not a super experienced hiker. Like when we go to Wisconsin and hike, I mean, it's like pretty like level ground for the most part. Mm-hmm. This, I think I sent you some photos and I remember taking them as we kept going up and up and up. Like these were straight up these, these mountainous areas. And Mm -hmm. it was just steps, steps, steps. And I'm just like, I don't even know how many steps this is, but like, you're just getting up there and it's through this amazing thing about these hiking trails that connect these different cities is that you're actually going through like, people's yards in a way like and, and mm-hmm. that in a bad way i mean it's just like you're 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 walking these trails and then there's just there's homes just right next to you i mean so you're really seeing these what it's like to to live live and it's a very um heavy agricultural area so i mean mm-hmm. they grow their of course their grapes and there were olive trees everywhere so we were walking and you would just go through like an olive orchard and there was a part when we were ending a hike, we went from one 
one village to another and we were coming back now down <laughs> and just i mean it was just at this point it was just all kind of like loose rock but like mm -hmm. big like you could step on them so i just remember like trying to like step and like, like dance my way down because it's steep and i'm like you know you just you kind of have like momentum when you're going down a steep hill but you have to be careful with the steps but there were these trees above us and they i don't know what kind of trees they were but the bees there were thousands of bees buzzing within them like honeybees like so mm -hmm. i wasn't scared i was a little scared but you could just hear like, this intense sound of the buzzing of the bees <laughs> and the smell of the flowers and i'm like dancing down these rocks it was just like a really interesting moment right right <laughs> right just like again where am i <laughs> we're not in kansas anymore definitely but, yeah but it was um the hikes are amazing they're they're hard they were hard mm -hmm. i thought i thought i'm not seasoned and like i said but they're very, just very rocky very steep narrow cliff-like but then rewarded when you get up into a, a you know a, a way up high and you can overlook the sea it's gorgeous <laughs> when you describe mm -hmm. that to me jen and you're talking about like kind of that beat that buzzing bees just kind of in the background it makes me think while you're climbing that song flight of the bumblebee in the background like kind of like that uh that <laughs> real fast symphony song and and just kind of like your emotions as you're climbing higher and higher and altitude and and a really steep cliff um but yeah. with that what i would love to know from you is if you could pick a song to encapsulate this uh trip with your husband what song would it be and why i guess I'd have to go with Paradise by Coldplay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. that's what it was. That's what it was to me. I, you know, I was trying to remember. I'm like, did I have a song going through my head while I was there? Because you know that always happens, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was a, almost three years ago now, so I don't remember if if that was happening at the time. Although I feel like it might have been because it. I just I keep mentioning it, but you know, you're just so astounded by where you are and like like again how can this place be real how can i really be here so mm -hmm. i would say that that has to encapsulate it because it was paradise it was paradise for us um i mean if if i could spend all of my days doing that and like no offense to my children i love my children <laughs> and but people would say you were gone from your kids for so long or whatever it was like maybe I don't know, 12 days or something total. And they're like, didn't you miss your kids? And we said, we miss Italy now more than we missed our kids when we were there. there. Like, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just, it was just such a different kind of experience to, mm -hmm. to be in that setting, to be out of, you know, not working, not having to think about anything else other than what we were going to do that day. And I'm very mm. lucky to have a wonderful traveler companion in my husband. Like we just, we really mesh on, on everything mm -hmm. that we want to do. You know, we, we like to eat at the same time. We like to wake up at the same time. I mean, there's, it's not like we're unbalanced. So we're just, we're just in this constant rhythm of just like doing the next cool thing that we want to do. It's it almost paradise, like, so. it's almost like solo <laughs> travel, but, but not like you guys have the same mindset, but two, two, two different people on the trip together. Yes. And solo travel is not something I have done yet. Well, aside from work, that's a little different, mm -hmm. but because it's not really super solo, as you know, but um, that would be my next, uh, my next goal for sure. Well, maybe if trip. you, if you uh, have a solo trip, we'll have you back to kind of 
get your insights on how that goes. Yes, I, I feel like that would be a huge challenge, like mm -hmm. an incredible reward. I know it would be very rewarding, but I also feel like it would be challenging just to navigate by yourself. Uh, I, I am an extrovert and I did surprisingly much better on a solo trip than I ever would have thought. So um, definitely for anyone who's considering it, I wouldn't um, be too intimidated by the thought of being alone because it might actually surprise you. <laughs> And you did Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Part of it was in a group, but then I did do a portion solo. So um, yeah, it, it surprised me how much I really enjoyed that time alone. So I definitely want to put that plug in for anyone who's thinking about a solo trip to try it. Yes. I, w I <laughs> well, will. Well, <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Jen, tell remind the audience where they can find you and where they can catch up with you outside of this uh, podcast episode. Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, well, I, uh, the, the room block podcast is, I have a website for that. So it's roomblockpodcast.com. Um, I am on Instagram and LinkedIn at both, uh, JT Salerno personally, um, or Jen Salerno on LinkedIn. And then, um, room block podcast has a company on both Instagram and LinkedIn. So you can find me in all those places, personal website coming soon. Not quite yet, but be on the lookout. <laughs> nice, nice. Maybe by the time this yeah. airs, it will be live and we will be glad to include that in the show notes. All right. That should be my goal. <laughs> that would be that that would be a good a good uh, driver. So thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you, Jen. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Deanna. This has been another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. Thank you so much for listening and or watching please feel free to leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking in the comments of this show. Uh, make sure to also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel. Thank you again and have a great rest of your day.